Hey, it's Eric here on a bad Tuesday. This is a feed drop from our newest video podcast, Party Planning, only for Patreon members. The show, Party Planning, it's a monthly, but probably more often because we're enjoying doing it so much, video podcast where I, DM Eric, answers your in-depth questions about playing and running D&D and other tabletop RPGs. Every episode, me and one of the other players or one of our friends talk about crunchy game topics. Game and item creation, being a better and more fun player and DM, homebrewing, reskinning, navigating interpersonal relationships, and more. To introduce all of you to party planning, we're dropping an episode with me and Julia here in the main feed. In honor of Sword Timber, we make up some swords you can use in your game and answer questions about magic items and the importance of subclasses. If you are not a patron, this is the perfect time to join up. At the $5 tier, you get the audio of Party Planning, which goes into the Join the Party Patreon RSS feed. At the $10 tier and above, you can see our voices coming out of faces because we actually have a video version. It's been so wonderful to do. I've never done any sort of like video content before. So being able to like do visual jokes and making jokes with my face have been very fun. And I hope you all enjoy that. Plus, at the $20 tier, you get priority when submitting questions to the show. You can do that right in the Party City channel of the Discord. There are three full episodes of party planning waiting for you, plus the video versions, plus everything else we have to offer for patrons, the Discord, NPC stories, character playlists, bloopers, and more. Just go to patreon.com slash join the party pod or take the link in the episode description and join up. To all of our patrons, this is a love letter to you. We could not make the show without you, and this pushes us to fulfill one of the main missions of Join the Party, improving everyone's time playing tabletop RPGs. You love the party, and you love the after party, but what if you're planning a party of your own? We can help. Recording is in progress, and now it is party planning. Hello! You made it to episode three. You participated in the party. Maybe you went to the after party, but now you want to know how the party is put together. Ooh, ah. Uh. Ooh, ah, uh, ooh, ah. Uh. I'm Eric Silver, your Dungeon Master, and uh, I really like deviled eggs. And I'm here with uh, Julia Shafini, who like, what is your favorite thing to do at a party? Or ooh, what's your favorite my... th- food at a party? Oh, onion dip. Chips ooh. and onion dip. Do you... I will camp out in front of the onion dip at parties. <laughs> and before you said that, I was like, is Julia going to say that she waits in line before the grocery store opens up? <laughs> and I'm like, how many onion dips are there? Are there only a few number of onion dip that she needs to camp out like it's like she's waiting for a shoe to drop? No, but I have a really good recipe for onion dip that I'll bring to like Super Bowl parties and stuff. And oh, the, yeah. the secret is to like make it all by hand and then also pour in the Lipton onion dip at the end. You do both. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's um, the best of both worlds. <laughs> what What is handmade onion dip? I don't even know what that you're like, means. You're like caramelizing the onions yourself, like nice and slow and like tastes really, really good. I usually do a combo of like plain Greek yogurt and sour cream. So it's oh, a little yeah. bit thicker, but it also like feels healthier. It's not, but it feels no. healthier. And then I just like do a little bit of cayenne in there to give it a little spice and then just pour the Lipton onion. <laughs> I like a little bit of cayenne and then fuck it. Just, you know what? I usually only use like half of the Lipton because I'm already getting all those like good caramelized onion flavors in there. Sure, sure. So sure. I don't need like the all the all the bad stuff, but it is delicious. <laughs> you can do whatever you want, man. I'm not I'm not judging. Um, my best friend Hetty likes to just literally take a container of sour cream and mm-hmm. pour it in there, and then you're e- you're just eating from the sour cream container. And Correct. I'm like, that's smart, man. That's a smart. 
I mean, that's what I do at home when I want onion dip. But if I'm going to like a fancy, a fancy Super Bowl party or something like that, that I, you know, I, I go all out. Oh, yeah. Everyone knows that Julia goes to George H.W. Bush's Super Bowl party. I don't want to go. I don't, <laughs> no, thank you. I'm good. I'm sorry. I was looking for a, a celebrity in my head and I pull up George H.W. Bush. You could have gone with the Kennedys, I guess, but <laughs> ugh, not not the war criminal family. Thank you very much. You know, they have the listen. They love go Cowboys, man. <laughs> go Cowboys. Go Pats for the Kennedys. Go Pats. Yeah, go Pats. <laughs> yeah, go Pats. Even without Tom Brady, they still have the Pats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we're not here to talk about football. We're not. But we are here to talk about sour cream. Uh, we're here. I, this is what we're doing here on Party Planning. Party Planning. This is episode three. Uh, but we're going to say this every single time so that you know what kind of questions you should send us. We're talking about how the best way to play, run, and have fun with Dungeons and Dragons and other tabletop RPG games. We're talking character creation, item creation, being a better and more fun player in DM, homebrewing, reskinning, navigating interpersonal situations, all that stuff. We're not really talking about join the party stuff here. Like we don't talk about like themes or characters or spoilies or any of that stuff. We try to keep spoilies to a minimum, unless we're talking about like just the nitty gritty of some of this stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes we can't give spoilies because we're going to do character. We're going to do some creation of our own here, which is something of what we're going to do today. This is why we have Julia Shafini here. Ah, I I feel like I need to like give background as to why I'm doing this episode. And Mm. part of the reason is like when join the party first started in the first season, you kind of came to me for like some world building consulting things is this right like I, my memory is terrible so how, how oh do you God, remember like it so many years ago i think i definitely felt like there here's just this is a totally other tangent that uh, this is me confessing my dm like my dm not even sins i don't even know how confessional works but like let's say you just had a conversation with the priest about like what's going on in your life yeah um and like not a about therapist your sin, not yeah. about your sins yeah a therapist yeah but it's a priest Mm-hmm. But it's a free. I, you know, I only talk to my therapist through one of those graded walls. <laughs> That's the only way I could talk about my emotions. from a confessional booth. Yes, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I don't even use the booth. I just set up like a screen <laughs> in their office. I'm just like, all right, well, here's the partition, and now cool, I can talk cool. to you. One partition. Day. That's the right word. Yeah. Oh, is it actually? I've, I'm, I think that's I was what it's called. Yeah. When I was envisioning partition, I was like what you put up so that a lady can drink, can go from a slinky bathrobe to a, to a dress while yes. throwing things over the partition. So yeah. I'm glad I nailed it anyway. Yeah, you did. I think so. At least it, it, it definitely has like a, a, an artsy dragon on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> either the, either the kimono or the partition itself. Of course. So I need an Asian themed artistic partition for me to talk to my therapist is where okay. are we ended up yeah, uh, yeah. here. Um, uh, more like <laughs> real loose. We're real loose on party planning. It's fun. No edits, baby. Just freestyle no jazz. <laughs> it's the jokes you don't make, Julia. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Visual. Do a visual thing. Do a visual thing. Um. So I think that in the beginning, I realized how isolating being a DM was, especially for a recorded show. Mm-hmm. Was that there was always going to be this delay in between recording the podcast and getting it out into the audience and then of course like hey maybe five people are going to listen to this so like i need someone to be able to talk to so i spent a lot of time talking to other folks about like what to do and early on i was just like yeah let's get like a wrestler in there or something (laughs) and or i wanted to like i definitely had a feeling of trying to get guests into join the party campaign one Mm -hmm. and i was like yeah what if there was like uh, like an artificer demon person and then that's when I talked to you about it oh hey yeah. love it we jammed ourselves into that fucking room we did that was a small room it I was, was sitting on a desk you definitely were <laughs> it was very good though it was I, the I only really thing we had we, yeah. we were stealing we we're stealing from our jobs just to get in yeah. there um, and then I think over time it's funny like both of us were just like hey what if like we were more creative and we could do this stuff professionally. Mm-hmm. Like, what if we could do this the entire time? Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, we, does that, is that what you remember? Yeah, vaguely what I remember. And then later on, as you started like talking to me more about like DM stuff, uh, mm-hmm. you came to me a couple of times for like, uh, Duvin boosters items yeah. to like, just kind of consult. And I was like, well, what would this cool teen elf like? And right. then we, we kind of came up with a couple of things together. So item creation is like a fun thing that I enjoy doing. I also love character creation, which I've talked about many times on after parties and stuff like that but um, anything where i'm just like i'm gonna make a thing and it's gonna be really well themed that's my kind of jam (laughs) you just wanted to go with the theme i love a theme here's the thing and this is what we're going to talk about in this episode is item creation and how to do it for and how to do it for funsies is that you should always come up with a theme first and make the mechanics follow Mm -hmm. and that is what we're going to figure out uh here today um julia do you want to save uh, asking me about the fu- about the fucking headshot for later. Yeah, that's gonna be the end. That's oh yeah, gonna be let's just save it for num, the num, end. num for me later. Listen to all the episodes of party planning. Watch all the episodes of party planning, and then you understand what we're talking about. It's my um, aperitif for myself. I'm saving a little dessert for myself at the end of the party. Cheese plate at the end of the night. It's just for me. I put it aside so no one else can have it. It has all the good cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's what we're going to do today: is that. Uh, Julie and I are going to make some items based off of Sword Timber. Uh, this is a kind of like an art challenge created by Faith Schaefer like a bunch of years ago. I feel like it's been on Twitter just doing its thing for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it is currently Sword Timber. Uh, so it came back on my, my timeline. I'm like, oh, let's just come up with a fu- some fucking swords. Hell yeah. Love swords. And, I feel uh, like I have one of those. I think Molly Osterberg did mm-hmm. sword timber a couple of years ago and i have the zine that mm. was created and it's it's very good it's truly incredible watching people come up with this because i think that this is where tabletop rpg folks and other artists usually vid- visual artists diverge here is that mm-hmm. like ultimately you are creating something but then like while visual artists can be like, oh, yeah, here's a picture of it. We need to be like, no, here are the game mechanics of it because I cannot draw at all. Like, mm-hmm. this That's is what I looks, can do. Sure. But how does it work? Yeah. That's but how does it work? Part. How can mm-hmm. I imagine it so it fits in my fucking shit? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to come up with a few items here. We have 30 prompts here of swords. We're using the Sword Timber 2021 prompt list. And um, we're just going to be using D&D mechanics. Well, let's just come up with some. I'm going to write this stuff down. This is this is honestly what it's like, right? Making items is you think about it and then you ask someone about it. And you're like, is this good? And it's like, no, this is OP. So like, I'm going to write this stuff down while I while we're doing it so I can keep track. Um, and uh, you can also check out the link to the Sword Timber 2021 prompts in the episode description of uh, what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Julia, do you have one that you want to start with? I do. So when you sent me the list, immediately my eyes went to number three, which is insect-like. Oh, hell yeah. And I had this idea in my head, and I've been calling it the cricket's leg. Oh, where fuck yeah. It is a sword that kind of looks like a cricket's leg. I imagine almost like a bard sword, like something you would give your bard. Sure. And... My idea is like when it hits you, your opponent has to make a charisma saving roll. Mm-hmm. And if they fail, it casts something like um, not Tasha's hideous laughter, but like irresistible dance or some like really barred ass spell. Oh, hell yeah. I love that idea of like this thing where you can play it, but also hit people with it and that it does barred things. I love that a lot. I think mm-hmm. that's really funny. Um, here's the funny thing about Otto's Irresistible Dance. It's level six. <laughs> is it really? That seems so high. Which is wild. I mean, I think it's because it makes them technically you're like automatically charmed and like it's very difficult to pull off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so which is very, very funny. Um, yeah, as an action, a dancing creature makes a wisdom saving throw to regain control of itself. So it's like you're charmed and it's very difficult to throw it off. So that's just a fun thing. See, this is what we do. You just look shit up and you're like, oh shit, auto zero irresistible dance 2OP. Here's the thing, Julia. Crickets usually associated with the night and usually mm-hmm. associated when it's quiet outside. So mm-hmm. here's here are two ideas: silence Ooh, or or darkness. And maybe those are the two, those are the two that you're choosing. I feel like that's a like not combat use, like where you could 
play your sword mm -hmm. like the cricket leg and that will cast silence or something like that there was also another one that i saw i was going through bard spells earlier and it was something like gift of the gab or something where it's like you all of a sudden like you cast the spell and you can like bullshit for two minutes and then sure. that person forgets everything that you said in those two minutes yes that's very good yeah i like that a lot like that's fun. very interesting in terms of i like that more because you need to hit someone and then you need to try to have a conversation with them. Yes. I really like, a like quick that. stab and then you're like, so listen, here's the thing. It's like, or you need to like, yeah, like what if it's not, if it's a cricket's leg, it's like, can you not hurt someone in this way? Like, does mm -hmm. the sword not do damage, but you pull it out when you need to have a conversation with someone and you need to persuade them that it was an accident and, and you're fine. Mm -hmm. Or it's like, you have to touch them with it, like in a way, uh, that you would with a not not a rapier, but like with a fencing EPA. Sure. Like a yeah. non-combat weapon. Right. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. That it's like you still need to hit their AC, but it only does 1d4 damage. See, this is how you do it. You only do 1d4 damage, mm -hmm. but it does that thing where you can talk to someone for five minutes and then they forget what you said uh after those five minutes. That's cool. I like that a lot. Here's the thing. And We've already displayed something that that we do with items all the time, which is you take a spell especially with Dungeons and Dragons, you take a spell, you put it on an item and then you fix it in that you fix it in that way. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. Honestly, it's my favorite thing to do, especially for weapons where you're either giving a magical component to a martial character. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, fighters usually can't cast spells. I know there are some subclasses where they can, but right. sometimes you want your fighter to be able to cast something depending on the flavor of their character. Right. And then other times you want to give a combat weapon to a character that does not have a lot of combat weapon options, like a wizard or like a uh, warlock or something like that. Like right. to pull from my home game for a second, I know you helped Misha, my DM, yes. uh, come up with a couple of different interesting items, one of which actually killed one of the bosses in our fight, which oh, was shit. the the dagger where you stab the person with it and then you absorb one of their spells yeah <laughs> yeah that was cool as hell that killed verizon wireless congratulations on that i did it it was me <laughs> i did it um, i gave that one to our fighter because he, his something was up with his uh he was like grappled so he couldn't use his gun because he was too close sure and so he was just stabbing verizon wireless and pulling away their spells it was very cool that's kind of hell i kind of like the idea of that and i don't remember if we put that in that particular dagger but it's like how would you be able to wield this then as a martial character it's yeah. like i wonder if there was like it or it has um you know when you use a revolver that's like very powerful that's kickback mm -hmm. like if you're doing it like it falls out of your hand if you don't do like a strength saving throw and you're not a you're not a mar a uh, a wizard. Folk. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that a lot. I love this. The, the in the cricket's leg is wonderful. I wrote down one d four to hit, and then charisma saving throw, and then for the next five minutes, after five minutes after this, they forget the conversation they have with the person who did the hit. Yeah, um, and I then like you could do like once per day. I do like once per day. Yeah, you cast a modified version of silence, which is that like everyone in the area just hears like incredibly loud like locust like locust cricketing yes like yes. It, it's not silence it's that ever no one can hear which i think might be different i think that's also interesting is like you don't it's not silence you do something else trying to have a conversation next to a cicada for instance. right exactly great yeah unless you in your game you have cicadas and then that's fine because mm. they're chill yeah they are they're just loud babies they're just very, just very <laughs> loud, babies. dumb babies. I love them so much. <laughs> uh, okay, let me see. I want to. Yeah, what do you've got? Um, I I honestly try not to look at this as much as I could. Um, I realize there's also one musical that also would work for the Christmas. Right, life, that would totally work. Fucking mind. <laughs> I think that what's there is like watching a lot of people may turn like musical instruments into weapons. Mm -hmm. Like it's a sword, like it's a violin with a sword in it, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, which I like a lot. I'm going to go with eyes because Ooh, okay. I think I see I've been on the Internet for a while and I'm like, oh, I know what you artists want. You want to put eyes all over your shit. But like, how would your weapon, your sword help you with investigation? I guess is my question here. 
because again, this is something we can speak to is that, uh, hey, Val doesn't have great investigation skills. No, it's bad. It's no, real bad. 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 And as, a ca- as a player who enjoys doing like investigation and perception roles, it's rough sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that there's something here about uh, how you find, what, what are we trying to do? What are you trying to do during that? Is that you're trying to find information? ultimately Mm -hmm. without talking to someone right so i wonder if there's like a sword that would help you that would point you in the direction who's of the person who's the most observant Mm -hmm. i guess is like uh the sword is attracted to people who are introverts so maybe for eyes it's an introverted sword someone who stays quiet and and observes the thing around them Mm -hmm. i think it's like it can be very, it can be very subtle. It could be small. It could be, the, it could be a dagger. How about the introvert's dagger? Ooh, interesting. I like that. In my yes. head, I, if I, if I may, yes, end you on sure, this. Please. Um, in my head, I was picturing a sword, but one that you like sheath on your back. Mm-hmm. And so the sword makes it so you can never be surprised because you've always got oh. eyes in the back of your head. I kind of like I that. I love that. That's, that's very good. Mm-hmm. And like it literally, but that's like it literally has the eye, right? Right. Yeah. Can it speak to you? Like, how would you communicate with the? Is it or is it like a magic eye behind? Yeah, you? I think it's like one of those things where D and you're attuned to it. So like just like it's like spidey senses, I guess, or something like that. Being like, oh, or it also probably would raise your passive perception pretty high because just in general you have another eye or set of eyes like on your person, so people can't sneak up sneak up on you. Yeah, I like that a lot. Does that mechanically? Would that give people disadvantage on sneaking up on you, or would that yeah. give you advantage on the on the other thing? Um, I think it's not advantage. It's almost like that uh, barbarian skill where mm. you can't be surprised. Oh, danger sense! What you're using sense. properly, and Brandon's not using properly. Yes, correct. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I, it's almost like having automatic danger sense, and maybe like raises your perce- your passive perception like plus three or something like that for sure i'm gonna turn so off that, my air conditioner the, oh, okay no problem yeah this is the shit we don't cut out baby oh hell yeah bro oh, the trade it. went by my, earlier you guys saw my armpit fuck yeah dude oh, oh no oh no um no i like that i like that quite a lot oh shit i totally now i'm totally disoriented oh no julia vamp oh, no. Uh, 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 the train went by earlier and Eric always <laughs> likes the train. So you like the train. I was really hoping we'd get the train in this video. You were talking, so I didn't want to like draw attention to it. Damn but, it. Yeah, the train went Fuck. by. Shit. I did it to myself. It was my own yeah. fault. Mm-hmm. Damn it. Fuck me. <laughs> um, I, that's very, very funny. Um, I like the shit on the back of your head. I think that's really interesting. I'm going to write that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sword on the sword back. on the back of your head. Yeah. <laughs> of your head, which gives disadvantage on people sneaking up on you. Mm-hmm. Um, on the introverts, I want to return to the introverts dagger yes, really quickly yeah. um, because uh, I what I like about this is that it imposes something from our world into your fantasy world, mm-hmm. uh, which I love to do, is saying that there are introverts or people who believe in introverts and extroverts. Mm-hmm. So that would be very funny to be like, if someone goes up to you and be like, so what's your Myers-Briggs? You know, the famous wizard Myers Briggs. <laughs> who believed the famous in, like, wizards person- Myers and Briggs. Yeah, who believed in personality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like Myers Briggs are real or something like that. I think mm-hmm. doing that analogy and using an item to like latch on to that thing is like, oh, this is a joke that's very real because I have an item about it. Oh, now I'm picturing a Dungeons and Dragons campaign where there's no like, you know, good evil uh, mm-hmm. alignment and it's just Myers Briggs. <laughs> So I like, it. it's like I yeah you're it. you're only allowed to do this if you're uh, you're only allowed to wield the sword if you're infp mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's very funny Oof. Oof. That, that's so stupid but like again it's like do fucking do that in your game just do it yeah. um let's do another one julia why don't you uh you choose another sword um let me see broken mm. broken is kind of fun i like in my head immediately i'm thinking like the the sword from lord of the rings don't at me i i'm not a, a tolkien person but um the like the broken sword that aragon wants or i don't know i haven't seen those movies in a really long time but no, in my very, head uh i'm also thinking tarot and yeah. i'm thinking like the ten of swords which is like 
a bad card it means like bad shit has happened right and so now i'm picturing a sword that when it hits it like splinters off into like 10 different pieces and does like almost like shrapnel damage oh shit i like a that a lot yeah. yeah and like it's probably only something like you automatically do like 1d4 to everyone within a 10 foot radius or, or 10 creatures within a 10 foot radius or up oh, to 10 creatures in a 10 foot radius i like that a lot yeah, yeah and you could you would get uh more damage to like swarms and stuff if that's mm -hmm. something or like you're in a zombie game that would be very very helpful yeah um or just no, a bunch I mean, of kobolds you know yeah just a bunch of kobolds standing <laughs> around yeah fuck those wolves Stop standing though close to each other, wolves. Pack tactics. No, thank you. No, thank you. I like that. Maybe it's like I, there's a um. I, I talk about this all the time, but I play. I've played so much of the game. Uh, Enter the Gungeon, which mm -hmm. is like this top-down arcade, like arcade shooter uh, roguelike, where you run around and it's all like gun-based. Everything is a gun or a bullet, which is very funny. And they have like um, some of the passive modifiers. One is a like a grenade bullet which does that it's like once it hits then it great kind of shrapnels off and mm -hmm. i wonder if that's like something you could rub onto your sword like could you or is it a, it isn't an individual thing like a new item like mm -hmm. is it a buff you add to it like if it was a gun if you had a gun then you would put bullets in it but a sword is one sure item in that way so i'm wondering i'm wondering about that See, I'm picturing it as kind of like a last ditch effort kind of thing where mm. it's like, I am surrounded by people. I am not probably going to be able to get out of this. Let me just break my sword to do as much damage to as much people as possible. And then like your wizard has to use mending on it before you sure. can use it again. That is tight as fuck. I love that. As a last ditch effort, you turn your sword into a grenade. Yeah. That's tight as hell. Yeah. And like you could probably even take damage from it. Like th if this is a last ditch effort kind of thing, you might risk taking like you have to do a dexterity check to not get hit by the own shrapnel of your own sword. No, I think that's great. I think also that puts you in a position where sometimes someone something's AC is really high, but mm -hmm. its stats are very low. Mm -hmm. So that would be a very, very interesting thing. I like last ditch sword. That's very mm -hmm. funny. Um, yeah, where it's like you have to do deck saves and it's like it could be it could be really big, like 2d10. Yeah. Absolutely. If it's a grenade, if it's like supposed yeah, to be if it's not going to if it's not going to work anymore. Hell yeah. Yeah. And you have to you have to mend it or have to like spend like a certain amount of time mending it. I like that a lot. Um, something that I saw on Tumblr bopping around was that there over time you learn more about a sword. And mm -hmm. it starts as broken. And then like, as you use it, it becomes more and more like it, you you're using leveling up strategies on the sword or as a DM, keep a kill count mm -hmm. and for, for the sword or at least a damage count. And I think that is a very fun way to surprise your player is give them something that's not that great, but then it becomes the sword that they use. You could also be very cryptic about it and being like, this sword grows with you, but you're not sure how. So mm. it's like, e if you either do it by kills or by damage or by, I don't know, milestones or by uh, like something that's unrelated to hurt, to hurting is like you help a person and then yeah. you get one, you get one more thing. And then people figure that out and try to try to push on that. Um, and then you learn more and more about it. If there's like, they called it like dark, very dark soulsy. And then it's like mm. broken sword. And it's like, uh, it's like a, a well-crafted sword. And then it becomes your wife's sword. And it's like, I don't have a wife. What? Now you do. Now you have a wife. And then you figure that out. So I think that that would be very fun is like doing something that if it goes from broken to not broken, it's incremental growth. Yeah. I like that as a storytelling like thing rather than a mechanical thing. So that, that is very cool. I'm into that. Something about like th this is where people's backgrounds matter is like you should if you can't figure out a way to put it in, do it in a different way and see if they pull on this thread. Nothing mm -hmm. is more fun as a dungeon master than realize telling someone they didn't pull on a thread like afterwards. Uh, the worst. I hate it so much as a player. <laughs> not going to stop doing it, Julia. Mm -hmm. Not going to stop. Mm -hmm. There's too many sliding doors, man. I know. Sorry. I know. Sorry, Dr. Strange. You can only choose one. The worst part of listening back to old episodes when we're like four or five episodes ahead is like, mm -hmm. I meant to ask about that. Why did I never follow up about that? Come on. Come on, Julia. <laughs> uh, I will say that I, I feel like I'm engendering that in you because I cannot stop. 
I the thing I want to do most <laughs> after every session is being like, well, you did make you made a choice that was that changed things. And then you guys are like, what? And then either I tell you or I don't. And like, <laughs> but I love telling people the things that they did that were that was fungible. The like mm-hmm. the things that you did mattered. I, I can't help it. So that's on me. I know. I'm it's sorry rough. I did that to you. It's rough to me personally, but it's I'll, I'll forgive you. It's rough to you personally. Um, okay. Let me choose. Let me choose one here. Yeah. I'm gonna go with wind. 20 okay. at number 29 is wind. Um, I wonder if there's something. The first thing that I thought of was uh windmills. And mm-hmm. I wonder if there's something like Don Quixote here. Uh, mm. so as you might know, Don Quixote, uh the man a, of La Mancha. The, His destiny he, calls and he comes. That man, <laughs> that man of the mancha of the mancha, um, is that he quixotic, uh, a quixotic man in himself. He saw monsters, but really they were windmills. And mm-hmm. I wonder if there's something about turning that on its head that it is a monster, it's a monster tracker or a monster mm. or a, a thing there. And it is reliable or unreliable in this way i have a do have an issue as a dm where i make items that are have too much risk for risk averse players yeah um where, i remember the the sawbones from yeah the sawbone one. yeah exactly mm-hmm. the sawbone i thought the sawbone was great and it never got used because i think it was too scary it was a hundred percent too scary yeah if you roll bad you took more damage that's not good yeah you do a you can do a uh i but it, yeah, you would put some. You would do a um, give them a fail on a, a death saving throw fail yeah. if you do if you do it wrong. But uh, I think it, was, it might be a little too scary. But I wonder if there's something about like monster detection or seeing them or seeing monsters that aren't there or like if you see a monster, you're the only one who will see it, and it's going to be very hard to convince other folk that you do it because it's it looks super goofy. Yes, and. I just had a thought. Rangers have like particular monsters that is like their favorite enemy, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe once a day that turns any enemy into, in their mind, the favorite enemy. So they get those bonuses. That's very good. That's (laughs) good because you fuck because Rangers have got fucked by by Dungeons and Dragons. So that would be really good. Is like only in your mind are they ghosts now? Yeah. Yes. I I I wonder if it also changes their if it's specific in this way, I wonder if it changes their like resistances as well. Ooh, um, and our immu- immunities and resistances. So like, let's say in your, I, 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 you know, like let's say zombie, I can't remember right now, but like, let's say zombies are, res- are do double damage to fire, but do half damage to, um, do half damage to uh, bludgeoning and slashing damage. Yeah. Right. Sure. So like that would be interesting as well. It's like you could change its res- you could change something's resistances. That would be tight as fuck. Especially yeah. if you're fighting a ghost, but you want it to turn into material. That would be really cool. Something yeah. like it's and it looks goofy as and it looks goofy as hell. Like it, it's it has like a fucking um, pinwheel at the mm-hmm. at the end as a blade. That's very silly. I like that a lot. It's very very good. I like that. <laughs> I'm gonna call it, it's the Don Quixote blade. <laughs> and it uh, ch- can change resistances to another type of creature, but only for you. Yeah, only for you. Unless you, everyone unless else sees you the can get someone else on your fucking vibe. Unless you can get someone else on your vibe. Yeah, maybe that's if someone's nice. doing like a, a like a read thoughts yeah. or detect thoughts spell on you. They also see what you're seeing. That's very cool. I like that a lot. That you only you can do it, but you need, but that is wouldn't help. I think giving this to a to a magic user or to a glass cannon, I think is very important because they mm-hmm. need to be able to coordinate with a puncher. And it's like, yeah. or like you're the only one who can punch a ghost is very funny. If you're like <laughs> your tiny, your tiny like gnome, uh gnome sorcerer. Is yeah, beautiful. I love that. Uh all right, Julia, why don't you do one more? All right. I'm I'm compelled by anchor. Yeah. Just because I love all things nautical. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking like when mm, I almost think like a gravity effect would be interesting for this one. Mm. Like, especially if you're like fighting in a terrain where sinking is an inevitability. So like in a swamp, let's say, or somewhere near water or something like that, where you would like hit your enemy and then all of a sudden they are uh, stuck in place and can't move or, you know, they 
are forced underwater or something like that. Because I think that like, all I'm thinking of is like, um, putting anchors in sailors, uh, canvas like bags before Mm -hmm. you sew them up and drop them into the sea so that the body doesn't like float to shore or anything like that. Sure. And, uh, dark as that is seems like fun. No, it's good. I, what I like about that, I was trying to think, I was like, you know, they do some gravity stuff in Wildemount in the, mm-hmm. the, see the critical role, the thing, or I, I can't remember yeah. that time. I don't watch critical role. Sorry guys. I don't have enough time. I'm doing this podcast. No one's got time for it. No one has, no one has time for critical role. Every, no one has time for it. And yet every single person watches it. Um, mm-hmm. I watches every single hour, every single minute. Um, you know what? Power to them. Yeah. I don't good. have time for that. I have I'm ADHD. proud of you. no it's great no that's fair um i what i like about this is that it's very situational let's say that you are trying to fight a flying creature over a Mm. lava let's say Mm. you're fighting and not it's a nautical a a nautical arc that you're participating in uh you want to keep something not moving in that way you got to make a strength check in order to push against it um i like that a lot because you can that's very much the thing where it's like oh, I forgot that you had this. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you are a nice DM and you're like, this, hey, I don't, this bird monster is flying over lava. I hope you remember you have this. And you have a cool sword, don't you? <laughs> it's like, I want, don't say it. You just look at mm-hmm. them. You look at that player for a while and you're like, so this bird, right? It's flying over lava. Mm. If mm. only something pulled it towards the lava. If only something pulled it towards towards lava. Yeah, we'll just waggle it a little bit. Here's the thing that you can do for traps and for encounters is that try to come up with like four different ways for traps or for, for dungeons and for puzzles as well. Try to think of like four different ways you could solve your you could solve it. And then uh, if they end up doing it great, if they end up doing something else, also great. Mm-hmm. So that's just a, a quick little tip for party planning. It's like, yeah, that, that's the equivalent of being like, Buy, get some round ice cubes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a little one right there. Make them fancy. Make them a little fancy. No. So what do you, what should this sword look like? Should it look like an anchor or? Yeah. I, I kind of picture it like that, that classic anchor look as the hilt. Sure. And then I almost imagine the blade as this kind of like, ooh, ooh, do you, again, I like, I like a weapon where I could use it as a last ditch effort kind of thing. Sure. So now I'm picturing it almost like the blade is a chain that can extend, grab your opponent and then pull them down Yeah. and the sword goes with it. That, oh, going, going with it. That's important. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I like that a lot. I was going to think about this would be really, really helpful for. That would be really, really helpful for ranged combat, but I feel like mm-hmm. making it a ranged sword would also mm-hmm. be pretty OP. Yeah. But, but I also if wonder... you're losing it when you get it ranged. Then... Yeah, and then you, you can lose it. I wonder if there's a way to recon- to bring it back. Mm. I wonder if there needs that needs to be something that you tease to the player. Is like, you should use this, and then you can't. Maybe you can fashion it out of anchors of ships. Maybe you can uh, get it from the bottom of the sea. Like mm-hmm. that becomes a quest. It's like it maybe, is possible for you to get this back. Yeah. Maybe it's also like a cleric thing too, where it mm. is tied to like a specific like tempest or storm god or something like that. Hell yeah. And so when you lose it, you can like continue to make charisma saving uh continue to make either wisdom or charisma checks when you are like praying to your God to get your spells every night and yeah. see if it is somehow returned to you. See if it comes back is mm-hmm. very good. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Like this, this becomes like a um, a very much in the way that you can use video game logic to help your game. Is that like give them a little bit, but they need to figure it out. Like there mm-hmm. is a way to do this, and like you can't just look up the Wikipedia and being like, oh, this is how I get this back. But then you should have a just a way to fix it, or at least tease that in some sort of way. Like yeah. people, yeah, a the they're like a religious organization or a monastery might know how to get your to get your weapon back mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um this reminded me of a pokemon <laughs> called uh delmes which is a uh it is a anchor with a, it's an anchor and a and a wheel at the same time oh, Julia, cool. you want to know what's fucked the, the typing is ghost grass stupid why, why grass it, it has seaweed on it oh uh, okay 
not it's, it's not, not a water type it's not water it's not steel which is fucking stupid no fucking stupid pokemon what get your shit pokemon get your shit pokemon get Come your on. fucking shit pokemon read me, read me the pokedex description of this thing i want to make fun of it a little more okay tell me yeah tell me is uh okay in sun swinging its massive anchor it can ko whale lord in a single blow whoa what appears to be green seaweed is actually its body Oh, pretty OP. Okay. Pokemon. Okay. Okay. Um, oh yeah. Uh, this is from Sword. After a piece of seaweed merged with debris from debris from a sunken ship, it was reborn as this ghost Pokemon. Okay. I, I still like think it. seaweed, even if seaweed is, you know, grass, it shouldn't be a grass type. It should be a water type. It, Sorry. I mean, it's water. It's on a ship. It is. It is. It's stupid. It's... I it's stupid. There's a lot of like. Of of defeating Whale Lord, which feels rude. It's just a whale. Why are we doing that? Japan, I know you have a, a problem with whaling <laughs> still, but come on, Japan. Come on. Yeah. Here's do you want to know why it's ghost grass? Because to further the whaling culture is that grass is good against water. So that's why it is OP against Whale Lord. Yep, that explains it. I don't like this. See, this is the bad just. This is the mechanical justification, which sucks. <laughs> Sorry. Do better, Pokemon. Fucking do, do better. better. Incredible. Uh, Julia, I think that we have five wonderful swords here that people can uh, add on to. Everyone, please uh, keep using Sword Timber as ways to come up with items. Um, if you and... draw one of our swords or use it in your game, I want to hear about oh, it. Oh, please. Yeah. Please. Tell, tell us what you're doing. Uh, we'll talk about it on Party Planning the next time we have Julia come back around. And we'll talk about your swords, uh, maybe, that you came up with. My oh, swords. man, a spider just came into my... Just came oh, into nice. Is yeah, he a friend? Yeah, now he's he's podcasting with us. All right, cool. All right, shout out to hey, shout hey, out to the spider. spider. Hey, spider. You can't see it. It's like right. It's like right here. I heard you were making insect swords. Yo, uh, yo, I'm can technically I get, arachnid. Can I get that cricket? Is that okay? <laughs> um, let's go to the uh, part with the party planning questions here, because I had one specifically. Uh, there are two that I think one specifically for you, and two one that is uh, related to what we're talking about here. So let's talk yeah. about magic items. This is from Paula Splunker on Discord. How do you gift magic items to players in such a way that none feel over or underpowered next to each other? Um, this is also related from Marina about item management. I know that you have said that you go in with the mindset is, uh, I know that you've said at some point for the pod, you go with the mindset of, if I give you items, they're being shown off for the pod. But for organic groups, I feel like I always struggle with a good item balance because I constantly feel like I'm overloading my players with items that never get used. So hmm. the actual question. Tips for tickling for oh it was tickling tips for tickling out item usage for players. So first, how do you give them? How do you give them? And then second, how do you get players to use them? So I like the way that you do it in that it is you ask us, hey, what do you want? What do you need? Mm. Don't don't bashfully wave your hand at me. Yeah, yeah. I, because I if I get just like a random item that I like found in a dungeon somewhere and it's pretty much useless to my character and I'm never going to use it. I'm never going to use it and I'm going to forget that it's there. Right. But if I get an item that like was specifically crafted for my character and like is the like I got through a quest or for RPing real well, then that becomes like very special to me and I want to use it all the time, mm -hmm. which I think is you want to make your your players feel special and like this thing was given to you for you love you kind of thing. Right. And I, I think that's like really important. Like if I'm going to have an item that I know is going to be useful and also fun to RP with, mm -hmm. then I will always remember that I have that item. Yeah. Uh, that is the, the, uh, un the unglasses specifically, mm -hmm. I think is the thing that we were, we're referring to is that Julia was like, I can't see shit. And I'm like, okay, here is how you're going to be able to see shit, but in a different way. And mm -hmm. you can put on cool, cool sunglasses in that way. Yes. Um, I, I can't them. thank you. I'm glad that you enjoyed them. I cannot think of a way to here are the only two ways that I know how to give magic items to players. <laughs> one is everyone gets one at the same time, mm -hmm. or two, there is one that I have put in this dungeon or in this place. Let's see if someone finds it. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I cannot think of a way to do it that is not fair, that is not unfair to someone. Like you yeah. only give one person like you did the best in this. So you get this thing like the king gives you a boon like mm -hmm. that. I don't I don't like that or I can't think of a way 
to do that because magic items also throw off I think the whole leveling system in Dungeons and Dragons, that's a problem with Dungeons and Dragons that like you, they can't see something outside of themselves, which mm -hmm. is wild. Like their pieces of the game don't fucking fit together, but like it does, it is hard. So I would agree with Julia is like, either you want to make, you want to give something special to someone who does not have as a lack of, or two, you want to power up something that they're already good at doing. Yeah. Like, in specific circumstances, a rogue sneak attack will be twice as as powerful. Right. Or or three, you just want to do something silly and you want to give it to your players. That's the yeah. third. That that's when that's when you find something in a dungeon. Um, that's like, for example, Mr. Sippy from Campaign One. Is uh -huh. that you want to have a trapped chest? You want to see what happens if someone interacts with it. Amanda got a nat twenty. I gotta give her. I gotta give her a reward. I also think that it is very important to pay attention to your players in the game mm -hmm. and kind of notice what they're struggling with like if i for example like if i was like seeing that my rogue was just like not hitting on their attacks and like mm -hmm. or like was just not having the opportunities to use sneak attack in the way that they wanted to i feel like i would not feel obligated to but i would want that player's experience to be better so i would give them an item to help with a thing that is frustrating them about playing that is a great point let's keep using sneak attack now that we know how to use sneak attack mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. let's use sneak attack uh in a game that is has no board and never has ever had any board i am very I am very loose with people standing in places mm -hmm. uh, and we never also use cover because they're why I don't want to tell you unless I'm like, there's some barrels here. Like you're not going to use cover. Right. So mm -hmm. the, one of the things about sneak attack is that you get to use it if someone is standing next to you within five feet. Yeah. And yes, you could say I'm going to attack with the burl with the tank next to you, but because we don't use uh, we don't use that all that much. That might be so harder. So, like, give them a new condition about when they can use sneak attack. I think to take away something that is a lack of your game, which is like make your ranger feel special. I think mm -hmm. is the other way of is the other example of this. Or even if we want to stay on the item front, give your rogue a item where it's like a little doll that they could throw out next to an opponent and now they're flanking it like that counts as it being flanking and now they get sneak attack that's fucking hilarious i love <laughs> that dearly um uh so yeah that's how we give it out and the way to get people to use it is that uh i know that we're on a tape we are on a podcast and i'm like guys use the items i give you but yeah. make them uh, i think there is a certain of fun of remembering that you had an item yeah. I think it is the responsibility of players to know what they have and to surprise the DM by uh, fucking their shit up. And like, yeah. you love fucking the DM shit up. Like, it's an opportunity to do something fun. Mm -hmm. So I think don't totally. worry about it too much, Marina. Like, don't, if you're over overloading them, then don't give them too many magic items. Yeah. I really try not to give too many magic items, especially not after a certain level. I think really use them sparingly. Like for my home campaign, we've been playing for like four years now or something ridiculous like that. Mm -hmm. And I think I only have like 10 items, 12 yeah. items, you yeah. know? So, you know, use, use what you have sparingly and they'll remember to use them more. Right. I think that there's also something fun. And like, let's talk about this in a fantasy world because the other ones might not have options where you can do that. I did. This is one of my favorite things from Taz. Uh, and I know that the Adventure Zone is something that we can't always pull from. But the Fantasy Costco slash the uh, the Gashapon is mm -hmm. something I always thought was really, really powerful. Like only do this in between arcs. Yeah. And then it's like you have this now. Remember, you have this, but you did it. And it's so you don't forget other shit is happening. Like do it during having it be a thing that you do in between story arcs i think is always something fun yeah and i love those episodes those are my favorite kind of oh, episodes for us it's the entanglements episodes. yeah when i'm at my home game those are always my favorites because it's like all right let's check in with all the npcs that i love and also see like what's up right and like mm -hmm. the, but and there's a person who you love who controls items that's why yes. i like that des is the one who controls items in campaign two mm -hmm. it's like he he will make you sh and he's trying to do it for you which is also what i was trying to do with those items in the first place so yeah. it's just like it, it's a lot it's a lot like that um wonderful let's go to a kind of chunkier question that i saved for yeah. you julia sure 
advice for party members who have similar or have similar abilities. I've run across this problem and I don't know if I'm right to feel bad about it. In my Curse of Strahd campaign, I play a changeling. But then when we hit level three, the warlock of the group decided to take Disguise Self as a cantrip and another character took Disguise Self as a spell. Now everyone can kind of take Disguise Self and I feel salty. Uh, there was another example where uh, they came up with a, a Minotaur Barbarian who was a Path of the Zealot. And then the DM told them that another character also wanted to be a Minotaur Barbarian. Mm -hmm. Is it petty of me to not want to play characters who are too similar to other characters? How can a player get over this and have fun playing in the party where others have similar abilities? And how can DMs ensure that players get to feel like their characters have unique opportunities if the characters are similar? So okay. there's a lot here. We can go one by one. One, is it petty for me not to want to play characters who are too similar to other characters? No, I think it's yeah. it's not because you want to have diversity in your party. And like, unless you're going to turn this into an RP moment where you are like having a bonding experience, because like, oh, now, you know, my my cohorts understand my plight as a changeling and how difficult it's been for me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, like, I wouldn't be mad about all of a sudden all of my uh, other players are able to do disguise self because then it makes things way easier sure. in terms of like no one no like we can all just stealth through this town now right. and as like as Strahd or whatever I haven't played first Strahd so uh, <laughs> we're all we all look like vampires now or what yeah, have exactly. you uh, but I I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing but I understand the the frustration. You also, I, I don't know what your changeling's class is, but this yeah. is a good opportunity for you to start diversifying your character through your class or your subclass, as mm -hmm. opposed to just like what their background is. So I think that if you feel like your character is too similar to other characters, this is a great opportunity to be like, all right, what can I not change about my character, but how can my character evolve from here to make them different? Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Uh this is why we lean so hard on subclass. I think subclass is the most important thing that you're choosing when mm -hmm. you're making a character. And like, let's talk about barbarians, right? Yeah. Like it was, you can do so many different things with different barbarians. Uh, I, and so having similar minotaur barbarians is not so bad, but mm -hmm. then like, you should know how the party composition comes together. Right. Like you could be a storm, a storm barbarian. I love a lot. The zealot barbarian is really interesting. Yeah. Um, the barbarian of the ancients, the totem barbarian is incredibly, incredibly diverse and you can mm -hmm. mix it up however you'd like. I think that, yeah, there are multiple ways to do it other than just like taking a lot of damage um, and how you're going to be put together in that way. Yeah. Same race is tough, especially you're, they were playing a Theros campaign. So it's yeah. like all Greek mythology and we have two minotaurs kind of sucks. Like, but Theros has so like a lot of really cool uh, races that you can play instead. Mm -hmm. So like even if you're like, oh man, I did really want to do that Pathazelet Minotaur. Think how cool like a Pathazelet Merman would be. Like that yeah. would be really fun. And like you can do a whole thing about like uh, the the underwater places. I again, I don't know Magic the Gathering it's super fine. well. It's fine. I've been playing a Magic the Gathering focused campaign for four years. I still don't know a ton about it. Listen, man, I just let anything that's official Wizard of the Coast thing just go through one ear and out the other. I'm like, that's I hear fair. I hear that that's a thing that's happening. Mm -hmm. uh, Theros yeah. is sure a place. <laughs> yeah, that that sure is a thing that's that's happening there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think it's I think it's OK. The thing only thing that is bothering me the most about this is that the DM, the DM is causing problems for themselves. Like it is the DM's fault that one, their players are not that this, this is happening. That our yeah. players aren't communicating. And two, they are now putting themselves in a position where three of their players can just fucking self. disguise self. Yes. Like you better fucking change your change your campaign to be sneaky. That yeah. this is a sneaky, very like thriller uh or very like palace or palace intrigue game of Curse of Strahd. Like yeah. get ready because if you're like wow these vampires don't know where you are it's like okay well all of us look like vampires now so is that bad yeah. is that bad for that's you that's fine right yeah so i think that the dm is coming is making more problems for themselves yeah. i mean at that point you have to be really nitty-gritty as a dm be like all right what kind of vampire do you look like is it someone that you've seen before is it someone sure. that you might run into in town who will be like why do i why is myself here etc so yeah. 
Yeah. I'm actually going to turn myself into an Osferatu. Is that bad? Um, no. No, <laughs> no it's good. Like, like, I'm Count Orlock now. Hello. <laughs> I look like NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. Is that bad? <laughs> Rough. But a vampire? <laughs> Fucking got him. Yeah, that's my dad, Julia. Don't talk about my dad well, like that. Sorry. Um, yeah, I agree. So everything we're saying here is like, this is this is a DM's problem. You as a player, you can get over that. You are allowed to be salty, but I would focus on your subclass, focusing on your subclasses. And like race doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> like, yeah. I know you wanted to be a minotaur, but there's so much in Greek mythology that you can mess with. And both that is written out in Theros, maybe like homebrew something. If you feel salty, just change your shit again. Like, I mean, yes, saltiness is an opportunity to be creative. Yes. You know, you're like, all right, well, I got shot down on this, but why don't I come up with something new and interesting? And this is also like a good opportunity to talk to your DM being like, okay, well, it seems like the other players have decided on what they're doing. Why don't we have a discussion about like what the group is missing? Right. Uh, you know? This is this is the part in every uh, advice Dungeons and Dragons podcast where you say, "Have a session zero, guys." Yes, do that. Someone should have coordinated this so that this doesn't happen during play. That mm -hmm. you're like, "Oh, we both wanted to be barbarians." Fuck, <laughs> damn, oh. fuck. Oh no, fuck, Julia. And then you have a roll off to decide who's the barbarian, and then you come up with three more ideas, like I do exactly. every time. Exactly. I, every time I have to come up with a character, I'm like, "So you asked for three ideas, I have five. Is, is that, that okay? Is that well, cool? Now you just need to suffer and not play those characters. Like, uh, that's on you, Julia. Rape my warlock that I wanted to play for join the party so bad. It was gonna be so good. You could have been so that. cool. I know, but you know, there was already two spellcasters in the party, and I wanted to be the the tank, and it ended up working out great. I, that it's still fine. I still wanna. We could have flavored that. Yeah, that would have been that would have been really funny. Getting your your trying to hide that you only get your powers from some from my like, significant other who is stuck in a cell phone who's yes. stuck in a cell phone yeah <laughs> fucking incredible if only uh -huh. there there were two paths and one is like one is like a thriller horror movie and the other one is a mob movie yeah you walked down the mob movie path instead i did i did i chose that path it you truly path. did um all right i let's see ba 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 all right i think uh julia is it time it's time for the picture. Okay. Please show me. Show me it again. <laughs> okay. So here is the picture. It's a picture look of like me. You're about to do stand up in 2005. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. I know. Okay. So here is the story behind this Explain picture. Explain it to me. My grandma just moved to assisted living upstate, and we are clearing out her house. Um, I went over there recently to get to like say, where we're yeah my cousin like my uncle my aunt and uncle, my uncles are just like yeah so like whatever you want just like say that you want and i'll distribute them and i'm like all right that's all right fine. no i'm gonna go to the house and deal with that instead exactly of just telling so, I went, you. so a man and i went to the house and we put we were like oh i would like this i would like this hopefully i get the end of getting the things and oh my i can see this in the background <laughs> i need to move it like it's, it's like haunting it's it haunting is haunting me. it's a little haunting so these photos are a lot. Of, there are still photos in the house. It, for example, these are photos that my grandma's had in her house and my mom has in her house because these are stand-ins for me and my brother's senior portraits. Uh, I would say, so here's the one of, this is the one of me. This is the one of me. And then here's the one of my brother. There's that's how oh right? Oh boy, yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. so here's why. I hey Julia, did we do theater in high school? I don't know. Did you? <laughs> I did theater. Did were did you work on crew? Did were you a part of theater at all? You know, I did a lot of things. <laughs> I also did theater in high school, and we did a chorus line out in our senior musical or in this musical my senior year. I was in it. It was one of the best experiences of my life. I had so much fun with it. It's one of my favorite musicals because, like, I really get it. I really love the structure of it. Um, I played Greg, who was the one who taught, who was the gay man who talked about his penis a lot, uh, mm -hmm. which was really fun. What is you know, Greg? Does Greg have a signature song? What is Greg's is signature part, song? He is part of the medley in like mm. the back half of the song where he does like the he he's like, I got a boner when I saw stuff and right. I'm like and I got a boner on the bus and I, it wasn't for women. And then it's like, there's the joke, right? Yes. Musical theater. Mm. Um, and I loved it. The thing about Greg is that Greg was a very stereotypical theater gay. Mm -hmm. And that was his entire that was his entire character. He was very snippy. 
he was very like he was very um like quick with the joke but very haughty and very haughty in that way eric i mean this in the nicest way possible did your school not have one of those um, that they could have cast in this role for the authenticity. <laughs> yeah, they, I don't think that I don't think that they did. I don't know, man. Uh, I had a lot of fun playing it, but no, I don't doubt it. I sorry, sorry that John Jay High School in 2009 didn't have the representation you were looking for, Julia. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was really the he was very very sort of a stereotype, and I had fun with it. So in was your the, brother also in the show? N- no. Here's, okay. Here's go. Here's, 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 here's go. Okay. In a chorus line, in the I for those of you who know the musical, yeah, they hold up their headshots and their headshots. Yeah. Right. And this was 2009, so students had like 18 year olds had like good digital cameras by that time. That's true. So they had a guy who was in my senior class take photos of everyone uh, and print them out and use them as their headshots. That was the headshot I did because I was being smug as hell and I was in the character of Greg. That was my headshot, right? So so that was this one, the one from my grandma's house is the actual prop from a view from the musical. Incredible. My mom got the backup and my grandma actually got the one that I used in the musical because I was able to take it home. Um, so here's the thing. When I was a C, I was not great in musicals. I can't sing that while I can't dance. But I loved I loved acting and I loved being in theater. I was one of the stars of the uh, play that was in the fall. We do musicals in the in the spring, plays in the fall. Um, I was in a mu- I was in a play called The Rhymers of Eldritch. Have you ever heard of that music? No, what the right, hell that was play. that? It's a some fucking nonsense ass like experimental play about like a small town where a murder happened and like it was totally told in a Rashomon sort of thing and like on the play like on the set there was like we had different scenes happening in like small parts of the play because it was a very sort of like experimental thing right I played a guy named Skelly who had was a homeless man that everyone hated okay (laughs) and I had like a 15 minute monologue I swear to god it was a full 15 minutes. 15 minute monologue. What was it about? Like, so the reason why he was hated was that he fell in love with the rich girl in town when he was a kid. And then he was like too scrappy. And then he got humiliated. And now he lived in a shack and everyone thought that he fucked goats. Is this the alternate ending to The Great Gatsby where he doesn't become rich? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. It's very similar, very similar. So I had this entire monologue. What I wanted to do, though, was that I wanted to grow a beard. And I this is my first foray in growing a beard. What I did was I only grew this part. I didn't do the mustache. Why? Not sure. Absolutely that, not sure. That was a thing back in like 2009. Was, was like, it? The <laughs> yeah, the ch- I feel like so many guys in high school did had just the chin strap. Yeah, I guess so. I guess I associate. I thought the mustache was like, I guess like copish or yeah. like yeah, or like old manish. Even though yeah. like it's the whole thing together. You're like, but it was I like, look like a man from the seventies if I have a mustache. Exactly. Yes. Like you, you felt the mustache was individual, and I feel like this didn't connect yet, so it also was weird. So mm-hmm. I just like I shaved the mustache. I only grew this out, and it got out pretty pretty big. Senior portraits were. In early October. Oh, right? no, Eric. By that time I was cast, I had already started growing the beard. I had, during my senior, actual senior portrait, just patchy, <laughs> patchy, like four week, no mustache, oh, senior portrait. No. I can see why grandma took the headshot now. My mom was like, no, this None is not this. your senior portrait. No, it's not. And she just eschewed buying any photos for her senior portraits. We ha- it's this, still in your uh, th- yearbook, though, isn't it? Oh, it's still in the yearbook. If I found Ooh, it, I would baby. show it to you. It's, it's so bad. So therefore, speed up to the musical. My mom saw the photo being like, great, I love this photo. Hey, Matt Banks with the fucking f- f- digital camera, take a photo of Tyler that it matches it, which is why you can see this photo of Tyler is higher fidelity than the other one because he like did it a few weeks afterwards and it looked and it like looked much better. And it was printed on on a on our printer, which was a photo printer at home. So that's why. So that's why this photo, why that is was in my grandma's house, and now I have a fucking headshot of myself and my brother in my. Why house. did you take your brothers? 
because it was on Long Island and I don't know when he's going to go out there. Again. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's... Yeah. So now I just have both of these as like specters in our apartment. It's not specters out. It's past. just like in it's just like in the library, which is where I'm recording on the King of Games. But um, yeah, that's that's what happened. Incredible. <laughs> Thank you for this gift that you've given me. I thought I, the photo was just the gift, but the whole story is also a gift. I tried to explain this to Amanda at one point, and then I realized it was a whole story. And I'm like, you know what? I am going to say this on Party Planet. Mm-hmm. I 100% am. And now at the end of the story, this is now the end of the party planning. Some people are starting to come to our party, so we have to go. But We have to we put sh- those photos away so no one comments on them. <laughs> Exactly. Um, again, the uh, link to Sword Timber is in the episode description. Uh, tell us if you've used any, if you use any of our swords. Do you like anything that you have, or you end up making any of your own swords? And again, keep sending us questions either on the Discord channel, in the party planning channel, or uh, on. You can comment on the Patreon for all any of the uh, episodes that have come out, either one, two, or three. Um, let us know if you want guests. Let us know if you like what you're doing. Let us know if you we could uh, speak on one thing or another. Um, all right. Or you can email us at jointhepartypod at gmail with the subject line party planning to give us party planning questions. Julia, is there anything, uh, any last party party tips you want to give, give people before we sign off? If you're going to have dip and chips at your party make sure the chips are kettle cooked because yeah. they they have to be like substantial enough to support the chips that you're dipping they gotta be crunchy yeah Give they gotta be crunchy you don't want soggy chips especially no. not when it's in like sour cream terrible no absolutely terrible all right well both both of our mother-in-laws are coming are at the door so we have to go oh no <laughs> oh <laughs> god all right we will see you later for another episode of party planning Bye. Bye.